interesting you know because I saw an article recently that talked about how they're finding that all this uh, warning stuff may actually heighten the whole effect of it being an issue in the first place I'm not sure exactly how I feel about that because I remember when I was like in an early stage of recovery from reclaiming memories and abuse recovery that things had such an intense effect on me and it would just slap me upside the head out of nowhere to where I'm like you know hyperventilating in the car outside the 7-eleven afraid of everybody walking by locking my boyfriend out of the car because I'm having you know such a severe flashback moment um but that you know and then later on it doesn't have that effect on me so the warnings aren't as necessary and I I can remember there being sort of like this midpoint where maybe the warnings might have made it more difficult but until we know more I just feel obligated if I'm going to be talking about any sort of assault content or abuse recovery that I should let people know um, but it, it's brief and I if, if any of that does apply to you I really hope you listen because what they showed me in this experience that I had today this trance um, was so beautiful and really made me understand more than I ever have the concept of the purpose things can have um, and before I even get into it in the actual full story just to clarify what I mean by that uh, because I you know I get into it in the story as well but I I'm not saying that oh now all this shitty stuff that happened to me has a purpose it's more like, um, the healing from the shitty things has a purpose in a different way beyond just, you know, being free of it or having peace from it or not being so reactive to anything that's that kind of subject matter, um, but it it showed me um, how the healing from that and having you know being brave and uh, doing the whole Winston Churchill we have nothing to fear but fear itself kind of thing and forge into the 
abyss of healing those things is because one of the benefits is that somehow those somatic muscle memories of trauma store keys to access parts of our higher consciousness in a much more beautiful way than I ever thought possible uh which you know makes the healing even that much more complete and rewarding but if I've learned anything through this entire process and journey of life so far it's never to be so cocky as to uh, proclaim that I am done with a thing because I think things do come around for review but it kind of becomes a thing like oh yeah there's that thing hmm haven't looked at that in a long time yeah I'm still good with it and then you just you know put it away in the file banks kind of thing it doesn't have to be a a charge an emotionally charged painful thing anymore it's just a data point along your uh, data trail of your life. <laughs> this feels like, as far as podcast audio and structure goes, it might be a hot mess. But I don't feel like I can go live on IG right now. I don't feel like just turning on my video camera. Well, I guess maybe I could do that. Uh, but I had a four hour lucid psychedelic trance state for four hours today where I was bilocated energetically and um, had some pretty wild epiphanies shown to me you know, I'm not claiming to have come up with any of this shit on my own, that's for sure. Um, one thing is, boy, it sure was nice not to whack the shit out of my head or any other part of my body <laughs> to have this experience. Um, yeah, because the first time... Well, not the first time, but the first major time that I started having this more of a lucid, wakeful, channeling, travel uh, experience. I had had really big whacks to the head. I had a couple of accidents. Um that seemed to precipitate those states. So I was like, great, I'm John Travolta and phenomenon. And this is only going to happen when I beat the shit out of myself. Um, so it was pretty groovy that that was not the case. And if anything, it happened through a very gentle, peaceful, neutral state of somatic healing which turned out to actually be a, a physiological map 
of activation points on my body, which <laughs> once I finished doing what the voices in my head were telling me to, um, oh, gosh, just shot me out of a cannon energetically. It was, it was like, the only way I can describe it is that it's like what people describe uh, the experience of smoking DMT or taking ayahuasca or doing any of those things is like. It was, um, and the interesting part about it was, though, is that all I had to do to sort of step out of it into a lucid enough state where I could engage with the material world was to open my eyes um, about halfway through my um, partner was trying to get a hold of me and I popped out told him what was up kind of said uh, sorry babe but I'm in the middle of something kind of big and the bosses want to talk to me some more um, I love you and thank you for respecting my boundaries and encouraging my growth because he super duper does like nobody else ever has. Um, but at any rate, then I closed my eyes and just boop right back in there. And I was seeing so many things like, different worlds and sacred geometry and patterns and, and, and fractal, uh, flowing reality. Um, and then the interesting thing was, um, when I, I completed that process, or I guess it was just time for me to um, come back to full lucidness, get back in material world completely, um, and nourish my body. I, I was like energized again. I wasn't exhausted like I was when the whole process had started. And I was shocked AF to discover that it had been a four hour long, uh, session because it, it didn't feel like that at all. Um, yeah, so that was pretty wild. Um, wow. Where to start? I wrote notes, which will be helpful. But I really think, and, and of course I will be attempting to do this in some kind of video form also. Maybe this will become part of the multi-dimensional expansion workshops that I'm doing. Um, attempting to help others access these pain maps in their physical body. Uh, but... Part of what happened through this process was 
gaining access to encoded DNA-like codes, however you want to describe it, um, that by uh, applying energy to those points in a certain way opened that DMT-like state up for me. And I think pretty much anybody who listens to this probably knows what I mean when I say DMT. Um, I'm going to have to look up the actual name because I can't remember it off the top of my head. But DMT is a substance that our own body actually makes, but you can also, there's a form you can smoke and it's a very fast uh, intense, um, altered reality experience that people have that you seem to come right out of, but it's, it's so mind blowing that people usually come out of it with an entirely different, um, take on the world and what reality is. Um, because it's just so completely multidimensional and expanded from a 3D materiality, five senses kind of existence. Um, and, you know, a lot of people believe that that's somehow the scientific connect connection to higher consciousness and that uh, whatever all of this is, whether it's a simulation or we have these souls that just keep reincarnating or whichever version you pick, that, that there is um, some sort of state of expanded consciousness that is difficult to comprehend while in a fully uh, dense human experience. Um, I've been telling you all for a while that since I connected to the capital A-L-L-ALL and achieved a certain level of multidimensional expansion inward and outward, that I have had a neutral space of inner peace, surrender, and acceptance that doesn't eliminate the human experience. It doesn't eliminate the dense feelings. It doesn't eliminate heartache or loss or um, frustration, any of the aspects of being human, but it doesn't disturb my inner peace and calm and balance. Um, my core energetic being uh, is not reactive to my environment, I guess is the best way to put it. So that whereas before I had this feeling and this connectedness, if a certain situation happened that was, um, you know, very activating of my 
my anxiousness or irritation or anger, whatever those dense feelings might be. Um, I would, you know, I would be very reactive to it. I would be much more affected. Like I would, I would feel it in my body. I would feel mentally uh, and emotionally destabilized to the point where um, I was being controlled by the experience rather than just having and observing the experience. Hopefully that kind of, you know, makes it seem a little more uh, explained. Um, like, okay, it, it's an intensity factor. It's like before I had this connectedness and inner calm, everything was turned up to an 11 when it was a really dense emotion or even when it was a really like happy joyful emotion it would just my pendulum was swinging like freaking nuts crazy all over the place and so uh it made it very easy for it to affect my nervous system negatively my but my physical body negatively my emotional body you know all of those things um, so being able to have the human experience while fully feeling it and processing it, but not at such a huge intensity either direction all the time, um, allows me to experience more true joy and happiness, which is a feeling of bliss that comes from the security, the, the calm of knowing that you have this inner source of peace and tranquility that cannot be touched by anything external or anything outside of yourself unless you allow it to. Oh. <sighs> So that being said, uh, gosh, I might have to stop this to see where I got to because I feel like this is going to be a 15 hour monologue of me. Um, but you know, how does one summarize a four hour multidimensional experience? Um, so since I've, I, okay, we're back there. So since I've gotten to that place of more neutrality, it is allowing me to heal things on a deeper level uh, and also with more ease. It's very gentle. It's almost more like um, like if these are wounds, it's like going back and removing the stitches because it's all healed now and those stitches aren't necessary. And we can let that thing go. Um, and <laughs> so with somatic uh, healing, um, for anyone who doesn't know, somatic healing, uh, somatics is when a, 
a trauma or experience um, becomes trapped in your body, um, either where that experience happened in your body, where you felt that experience. Um, and so sometimes we can go through all kinds of, you know, uh, EMDR, tapping, EMF, traditional cognitive therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, talk therapy, uh, support groups, journaling, forgiveness. You know, you can go through all of these exercises and truly feel healed from the emotional and mental part of something and still have it kind of stuck in your muscle memory. Um, and sometimes that has to be released in a different way. Uh, in the past, I have done some of that because I um, experienced a lot of abuse very early in my childhood. And um, I used physical pleasure uh, to help release any trauma or or pain that was stored in the muscle memory in that area of my body right and uh there have been times when i have been doing that process and i've been it wasn't so much guided like the way i was today but i have been guided to um position my body in certain ways um, that mimic, you know, ways in which I was restrained or assaulted or held down at different points in my life. Um, and, uh, that has been very effective and a good way to release a lot of that. Um, So that's one part of it. Uh, but that was before I really had this neutral place of experiencing being fully embodied and human. Um, so today I had two choices of events, online events that I could go participate in. One was an immune system seminar with a really fantastic uh, doctor. It's called the Ishtar Center, and it's in Trinidad. Serafina um, Blackman shared this with me, and um, so I really wanted to go to that thing. And then there was also a healing meditation um, with AOE, Angel on Earth, with her dragon den, focusing on peace and protection in the Middle East, and uh, both were equally important to me. Um, then in the meantime, a bit before that, I was in the Patreon Live that Nimue with Femme Fatale Tarot does in her Patreon every week, um, and she was doing a little channeling at the end, and then I asked a question about a project that I've had uh, spinning around in my head and without knowing at all what is going on with me because this is how tuned in she is, um, or they are. Um, never quite sure about that with anybody these days. So if I say the wrong 
pronouns, just know that I'm really trying to get it right. Uh, I have 50 years of conditioning to get rid of, but, um, at any rate, um, Nimue, who is just this amazing multidimensional being, uh, mentioned my joints and my immune system. And I have been having a lot more joint pain, which can be kind of a, a warning sign that maybe my immune disease is getting a little bit out of hand or I'm getting overstimulated. I'm doing too much, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, based on that, I said to myself, well, I suppose I should probably go to the holistic medicine, uh, conference on immune system and, uh, holistic health. Hey, Galactic Groovers, I'm going to attempt to succinctly tell you what I do and have this little spot on every episode so you can know what I'm all about. You can visit the square booking link on my Instagram page or my Facebook page at Grooming Goddess. You can email me at groominggoddess at gmail.com. And to book any readings with me, you can visit that square booking site. As I said, some of the services I offer are an animal communication for 3333, and that is a 30-minute session where we connect with your pets and um, see what maybe they are trying to tell you that you can't quite understand. Then I have a grief mediumship, another 30-minute reading, and that is for anyone experiencing recent grief and having trouble moving through that. My um, specialty seems to be in that area, getting messages and contacting people's loved ones immediately after their passing. I have a mini reading special, which is four mini readings for 4444. I have a soul action plan reading, which is 5555, and that involves cards for your inner child, uh, earth self, ego self, your highest self, and your galactic team. And then lastly, I have syncretic oracle readings, which are 7777, as those cards are much more in-depth and pretty much cover every reading modality. And then lastly, if you would like to come on my podcast and get a reading live, I will read for you for free. You can book an interview at my Square booking site. If you would like to be on my podcast to discuss something groovy, you can also do that at the Square booking site. And if you would like me to be on your podcast, you can do that at the Square booking site. I look forward to hearing from you. I have a money-back guarantee for all my readings, and so far, nobody wants their money back, so I feel like I'm helping a lot of folks out there, and I would like to help you too. If you have any questions about any of these, give me a DM somewhere, anywhere, all the places. Much love to you all, and thank you for listening. which I did. Uh, then in the meantime, before that was going to be starting, I was really getting a headache, strong solar winds hitting the earth today, ironically, uh, primarily hitting in the middle East. I mean, it hits the whole planet, but 
that was like the point that was going to be closest to the wind coming um, at the time it's supposed to hit. But uh, at any rate, I was starting to get the headache and I was really tired and fatigued and whatnot. And so I just kind of was doing a little gentle massage and acupressure on my head and um, I do self acupuncture sometimes obviously I can't put the needles on my back but I can put it in my um, you know wrists knees ankles uh, chest shoulders neck head all of those areas which I have issues with um, so I felt this sore spot on top of my head and I was uh, prompted to go look up acupressure points and Chinese medicine and whatnot. So that led to me finding that this point on my head, which was sore, is called the five places point, which refers in Chinese medicine to the five elements, which go from birth to death in this order, wood, fire, earth, metal, water, and then back to wood again. Um, you know, wood is meant to represent sapling and new growth and birth, and then water is returning to the earth and death. But of course, we are born and die over and over again throughout our lives in different ways. And it's also about moving from yang to yin energy throughout your life. Uh, so I looked specifically at water and what it had to say about water um because that's what I've been most called to elementally especially over the last year or so and water is all about uh going inward um you know uh, slowing down taking a look at things being um, being the elder, preparing to return to the earth again. It's so, so anyway, I'm in a state between death and birth. But the interesting thing along with that was that that corresponds with the kidney or bladder, which are all things that have to do with lupus and Sjogren's uh, winter, midnight time of day, <laughs> salty as taste, putrid as smell, just very interesting fear and instinct, um, orifices or sensitivities, ears and hair, uh, determination, <laughs> the voice of this element is groaning, <laughs> which I find really funny because I've been doing a lot of that lately. You just kind of like, ah, do I have to? <sighs> I don't want to rest anymore. I don't want to do any of this anymore. I just want to get back to the, woo, let's be in spring again. So just some of that impatience with the death and rebirth process. So while, so I read through all that and I was like, okay, well, obviously I'm on to some kind of thing there. So then in the meantime, I uh, start listening to the medical seminar and I'm, resting on the bed and I'm massaging the spot on my head that's sore gently uh, and I start hearing I say voices because when I hear a voice now it sounds as if a hundred voices 
are all speaking in unison. Um, I've heard that from other people before who have channeling and experiences like this. So, uh, and, and that's when I was designing with them and talking to help just basically I wasn't, I was trying to recreate what I heard, what I heard them singing. And that's why when I did that octonal healing piece, I, um, put myself in four different octaves and then took each of those parts that I sang and used a harmony splitter so that it became like dozens of voices all in unison. Um, but at any rate, I heard the voices, <laughs> the big voice, uh, saying to, um, place my fingers and palm on my head in a certain way so that it was like the fingers were in certain points on my skull and then the palm was resting on my forehead. Um, and when I got my hand in that position, that's my little dog scratching at her cone that she is so over a week into this process of her healing from surgery. Um, but once I got my hand into that position, I, then they, they said, remember what this is from and know that you are safe. And, uh, I remembered that this, the, the way my hand was on my head, it would have been a way that I was probably restrained or that I, I know I was restrained with someone's hand on my head when I was a very small child. Um, and then, uh, they told me, um, to sort of twist my body in a certain way so that my arm, uh, my other arm, which was not, uh, holding the top of my head was, um, kind of twisted behind me a bit. And my body was in what would seem like a very uncomfortable position. Um, and I could feel the tension, like how my, my muscles were just instinctively tensing up, but, they uh, reminded me to use my tools and be present. And they encouraged me to just um, do my slow breathing and relax. I will get further into the slow breathing later. But when I say slow, I mean slow. And my process is that I am breathing about two times a minute. I am inhaling for as long as I possibly can. And then once I have inhaled, I hold it for as long as I possibly can. And then I let it out as slowly as I can. And then I wait as long as I can to inhale the next breath. So it winds up working out so that each phase is 15 seconds, I guess, so that you're basically breathing twice a minute. Um, but slowing down in that way uh, allows my body to relax 
and my muscles to relax. And so as I was doing this, and as my body is trying to tense up because uh, I, you know, my body remembers that this is a position of um, uh, violence and distress and, you know, misery. Um, but I'm telling myself, I am, I am present. I am here. I am safe. Uh, I am releasing this. I am taking back the energy that has been trapped and I am integrating it into myself and I am releasing what is not mine. I am taking the guilt and the shame and the fear and I am just gently setting it on the ground because it's not mine. And I went through that in my mind while I'm listening to the seminar still um, and absorbing all of that. And then at the same time, I started to become aware of the uh, med the healing meditation as well. So I'm energetically connected to this other group of people uh, that I'm fairly close with who are doing that process, uh, which I actually haven't gone back and watched that. If there's a recording, recording available yet, that would be interesting to see what that was. So as I'm doing this and using those tools and um, surrendering to that process, I'm not feeling distressed at all. I'm not feeling anxious. I'm not having a physical fight or flight response. My muscles completely relaxed. And then at the point that they did, I stopped feeling any pain. My headache was gone. And... Um, then all of a sudden I could see an energy being and I felt and saw their hand as my hand that was touching these points on my head and they put their hand over mine and they said, uh, now you are free of that and you are reactivated. And it was like, um, it was like being shot out of a cannon. Um, I started seeing all the, the images, like I said, sacred geometry and patterns and the Fibonacci sequence and conch shells and all of this beauty and as soon as I crossed over that threshold in this process while I'm still doing the, the slow breathing and everything um, I realized what they were showing me was not only this way to gently release um, somatics in the body, but also that they were showing me that there is a connection and mapping of activation that wounds provide. The mirror of the wounding is a blessing of unlocked consciousness. 
So, and I understand that this is something that's very difficult for anyone who has been through any kind of stuff I have or whatever your own personal um, traumas and abuses and things that you've been through, what those experiences were for you. This doesn't diminish those at all. It doesn't make them your fault. It doesn't make them your responsibility. Um, it helps explain why. It helps explain how you can use that to heal your physical body and it helps explain how you can use that to access higher consciousness and when I realized this I I just started crying in this trance-like state that I was in because it it felt so beautiful it was so beautiful to me to realize that the points on my body where someone put their hands, their energy, um, in anger or in acts of violence was leaving me a map to keys that would also unlock this other part of consciousness like the flip side making the worst thing into it's really hard to talk about this making the worst thing into the best thing at the same time. Uh, so I'm going to be working with these concepts and working to figure out um, how to formulate this into a cohesive whole that can help people have their own map, pay attention to physical sensations in their body, especially pain that seems to recur or pain that is more intense, um, that doesn't seem to have an explanation or a specific, uh, you know, obvious medical cause, um, how to use those to unlock what we are trying to access on the spiritual journey. And this is what makes shadow work and facing all of these things so important. Because if I had not done all the work on all this stuff previous, I would not be able to see that aspect of this right now. I would not be able to see that our, our individual specific woundings in this human experience is like a map 
to show us how to access our highest consciousness. So as I'm moving through these fields of light, these geometry patterns, these psychedelic fractal images, this DMT state without the drugs, which was four hours <laughs> long. Uh, I came out of it super hungry and cooked some food and then sat down and went, how do I explain this? How do I use this to help others? Because this isn't the first piece of this puzzle of mapping the physical body with the light body and the emotional body and the energetic body to uh, know how to, um, you know, continue our ascension expansion process, continue expanding our awareness. Um, and also at the same time, going through this process does heal your physical body quite a bit. Now, we have to keep in mind that the longer our bodies have been um, incurring damage, uh, you know, depending on what we've been through, how old we are, all those things, it's, you know, that healing doesn't necessarily happen overnight. It's not like in the old tent revival <laughs> scenes where the person just stands up out of the wheelchair and starts walking or doing a jig. Uh, it's more like person in the wheelchair gets some really great physical therapy. And then, you know, a year later, they're walking with a cane. And then a couple of years after that, they're walking without a cane and you know, and not that I'm saying it's not possible that this process will speed up more, but so back to the breathing, um, Wim Hof breathing and, and, you know, lots of meditation breathing. There's a lot of different breathing practices. We know that breath practices can be very helpful. Um, when you have immune disorders in particular, uh, things which make the immune system overactive, um, certain things can be overstimulating or have a negative effect instead of a helpful effect. Um, Wim Hof breathing and certain exercises and uh, physical exercise like strenuous, aerobic, um, you have to be careful with certain things and what you do to move your body and take care of your body because it can overstimulate your immune system to the point where it's like pouring gasoline on a fire and it will kick your ass. So that's part of the reason why um, I don't do that sort of breath work as much as other kinds. And in particular, for me, it is the slowed breathing that Sufi mystics and Ayurvedic uh, practitioners and, um, other disciplines use that I was talking about where you are only breathing a couple times a minute. That is what helps heal my body and keeps it in balance 
because it tells my immune system to calm down and do its job properly and not attack me. Um, so if you, you know, if you have any, if any of that resonates with you, or maybe you've tried Wim Hof breathing or other types of breathing and you haven't quite had the same results that it seems like other people get, you might try doing the opposite. Um, try it the other way and see about slowing down your breathing and don't start like if you've never done this before or you've never done swimming where you hold your breath a lot or diving or anything like that don't just like jump right into this because you don't want to make yourself pass out <laughs> from holding your breath <laughs> i could just imagine people out there in uh podcast land listening to me and holding your breath and then um fainting <laughs> waking up and going Thanks, Grieving Goddess. That was fun. Uh, so this whole wacky story, um, I'm going to have to just let that germinate a little bit. But think about how your body has been wounded, either through accidents or surgeries or illnesses or through the actions of other people and um, think about healing those places and how that could be a map to uh, some really amazing far out breakthroughs. Dimethyltryptoline, oh yeah, it's dimethyltryptoline. I don't know why I have to sing it, but it's fucking funny. DMT is dimethyltryptamine. Either that or I just mispronounced it for an agonizing 20 seconds singing goofy 70s TV theme show music. You're welcome. Introducing a new collaborative podcast, Meow Podcast, M-E-O-W-W, that's Muse, Elf, Oracle, Witch, and Wizard, a panel discussion on YouTube amongst people of different disciplines talking all things woo to help you along your personal ascension, expansion, spiritual journey. It's not a vibe, it's a frequency. Check out Meow Podcast on YouTube and you can get us at themeowpod at gmail.com. If you would like to be a guest on the pod, please give us an email. Otherwise, go check us out today on Meow Podcast. It's nothing but fun and a frequency of love. Basically, I mean, all I did was take three or four times the normal amount of edibles that I would consume uh, and then had a 
double cacao, um, which every time I have that stuff, it's got an interesting effect connecting me with the earth. Uh, and then didn't sleep well, fasted all morning, then deprived myself of oxygen, and bam, I had a wild psychedelic trance-like experience. <laughs> oh, so, sorry I'm snorting oh, when you say it all out loud like that it's just freaking hilarious but for real though I I mean I feel great <laughs> It was exactly what I needed to do, apparently. And I honestly, I could see the necessity for um, a little bit of, you know, healthy fasting, not like starving yourself for days or water only or anything, but just lighter fare uh, in your tummy because it's a bit like, um, I don't know, flying on a bumpy airplane ride at first when you're doing this stuff. I remember the first time I had this feeling was back during the big ass fire, as I've come to call it, that we had um, in Western Colorado. And it was very smoky here. So I was probably, again, deprived of oxygen. Watch everything none of this is real it's just all hypoxia <laughs> um at any rate the first time I had that experience uh was when I had a mind meld with this little tree beetle that was displaced in the fire um and we had this whole conversation he let me see through his eyes which was uh, really crazy. It gave me like a two-day headache afterwards. Um, but he said I was being prepared for something. So my goofy, nerdy ass decided that that must mean I'm going to be the next three-eyed raven <laughs> and start um, seeing great distances through the eyes of birds because that will become necessary somehow. Um, but it was much bigger than I thought it was going to be <laughs> and it doesn't give me a headache anymore but oh my gosh that's so funny I need to start making some merch out of these goofy things one thing the Meow Podcast was talking about the other day Becky and I <laughs> she said put a Shih Tzu on it in reference to a meme that had like a a lizard and a, a British boxer in a, or no, an English bulldog, I don't know, um, not my dog anyway, in a bathtub, and I have the bearded dragon that I'm always bathing, and then I have the, the shih tzu, and so she said put a shih tzu on it, which made me think of put a bird on it from Portlandia, and I don't know if that would be a TM infringement kind of thing, or if it would just be a uh, considered a parody but anyway I think a shih tzu slap would be another funny one too let me know what you think about that
Watching, I keep waiting. 